And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball 15, we'll look at some hitters who are making a splash in spring training. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Thursday, March 18th. I'm Al Melker, and with me for this episode is Michael Beller. And uh, because we've got Michael here, what better time to talk about his Tout Wars team? We'll get to that a little bit later on in the episode. But Michael also thought it'd be a good time to catch up on players who are really performing well in spring training. We have the a perennial caveat that we don't pay attention to spring training stats in most cases, but when somebody's making a case to make a roster or for a bigger role, it, it can make an Im- impact. So I thought we would look at that. So uh, Bobby Witt opening some eyes with the uh, Royals and uh, the general manager there, Dayton Moore, had said on SiriusXM Radio that he's trying to keep an open mind to maybe having Witt on the opening day roster. So uh, is this a name now that you're you're bumping up your rankings? Uh, is this a, a late round flyer candidate now? Where does Wit stand for you? Yeah, you know this doesn't really move the needle for me in the fantasy world. Uh, you know, maybe AL only, maybe in uh, you know dynasty leagues or long term formats like that. Maybe you're thinking about him a little bit more. But in the way we typically talk about it, it's not really moving the needle for me very much. We're talking about uh, a guy uh, who is 20 years old, who will turn 21 in June who has 37 games of rookie league ball as his professional baseball experience. So, uh, you know, first of all, I don't believe that he will be on the opening day roster. Secondly, what sort of player are we getting? We can't even really say with any degree of certainty. It's been a fun story, uh, especially with, you know, who his dad is and all that. But uh, it's something that really isn't moving the needle for me at all in the fantasy world. Well, he is getting a little bit more attention, but uh, I just looked at the ADPs on NFBC for just the last week, and he's still outside the top 500. Yeah. So he's moving up a little bit, but that does put him in the deep league territory that you were alluding to there, Michael. So it makes sense. But with certainly making a case, not including Wednesday's game, as uh, that is not completed as we're recording this. Uh, so prior to that, Witt is nine for 31 with three homers so far. And in that rookie ball season, he did get some stolen bases. So we're maybe seeing a little bit of the power, but I would think his appeal, whatever it is for this year, might be more for uh, for stolen bases. But let's take a look at a few other hitters who are putting up some interesting stats in spring training so far, bearing in mind that for most of these players, we're looking at 25, 30, maybe 35 plate appearances. So small samples, 
It's the spring training atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not typical of what you would see in the regular season. So taking all this with a humongous grain of salt, but uh, again, maybe helping these players get an elevated role or uh, elevated position in the batting order. Let's start with Sam Hilliard, who is hitting just to 620, I'm sorry, 267. Uh, not much power, only one extra base hit so far, uh, a double, but four stolen bases. So that definitely caught my attention, maybe not in terms of a meteor playing time situation or anything like that. But looking at Hilliard as maybe a stolen base source, whereas I think prior to this, we've been more interested in the power. Yeah, that is definitely interesting. And I think he's going to get to play plenty. I think that's really the most interesting thing here with him. Uh, I I don't really see him being pushed too much for playing time. We know they're going to find Garrett Hampson playing time somewhere. and, And so maybe that will cut down on some of Hilliard's ABs, but I think you got to let this guy play, and so maybe there's a little bit of a power-speed combo involved with him. He's definitely someone who I think, you know, as we think about spring training guys, someone who should be on your radar as a guy who is increasing his fantasy attractiveness because of what he's done. All right, and Bobby Dahlbeck giving us what you would expect, which is power, five home runs already in spring training, to go with a three thirty three average, and we can largely disagree disregard the batting averages, small sample, plus spring training. (laughs) That makes that pretty questionable. But uh, the power is good to see. Uh, Does this change anything for you? Because maybe there's an opportunity here for Dahlbeck to at least start out the season a little higher up in the batting order than he would otherwise. Uh, It doesn't really change too much for me. I I feel like, I I mean, I I suppose there's a chance that he does rise up that batting order, but I still think we're going to be looking at you know, I think we get Kike Hernandez, Alex Verdugo, J.D. Martinez, Rob, uh, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers. I think that's really who we're going to be looking at in the top of the order. I think he would have to have an extended stretch to get ahead of Hunter Renfro. So I still think we're looking at a bottom third of the order situation for Bobby Dahlbeck. He's a nice first baseman with some good power. But again, those are pretty easy types to come by. So a guy who, you know, maybe I feel a little more comfortable with the power, but still is who he is for me where he was a month ago versus where he is now. Well, Ty France has a very good chance, I would think, to hit in the middle of the Mariners order because they just don't have the, uh, you know, plethora of big names that uh, the Red Sox do that you just rattled off there. But, um, you know, off to a great start in spring training, hitting 440 with four home runs. And the home runs, again, a little bit unexpected. France being more of a line drive hitter and, that sample with the four home runs, it doesn't sway too much for me. But does this maybe the way to frame this, Michael, is does this kind of solidify France's position in the batting order and uh, his playing time for the season? I think it should. And I'm actually a little bit interested in the power, you know, 27 homers at the AAA level with San Diego in 2019, uh, four homers last year, in 155 plate appearances, seven with the Padres in the bigs and 200 plate appearances. I think we could see a guy who pushes up toward 20 home runs uh, with a with a full uh, season's worth of DH at-bats, which is where he's mostly going to get his playing time for Seattle. So I think this is an interesting player. I think we could be looking at a season where he gives us something on the order of eh, 250, 330, 430 with 20 homers. I think that's totally within reach for Ty France. So with where he's going in drafts, you know, he becomes someone who becomes attractive to go to. Yeah, uh, this is a case of somebody I think maybe who could stand to be bumped up mm-hmm. a little bit in ADP. 
Uh, now, Austin Meadows, very different situation. This is somebody who's going within the top 100, although lower than he was a year ago, to be sure. Just hitting 263. But again, I think we can disregard that. And four homers so far. So I think this is more maybe of an approach slash philosophical type question that with somebody like Meadows, who's coming off of a down year, is this to you encouraging at all or just noise? No, this is encouraging. And what the two things I take away from uh, what Meadows has done this spring is, number one, he's leading off pretty much regardless. Lefties, righties, doesn't matter. He's leading off. So that's a big step for him. And then he just looks healthy, right? I mean, he was a guy who was just never right a season ago, uh, starting with the COVID diagnosis. Uh, He just was never, ever, ever himself. And I was off Austin Meadows in a big way going into last season uh, because I felt like we were putting way too much stock or the fantasy community at large was putting way too much stock into one year, even though it was a great year in 2019. Now I think the pendulum has swung way too far in the other direction. I'm not sure he's going to be a top 30 guy again well, like he was in 2019. I am certain, Al, that he's better than just a barely inside the top 100 guy. So Austin Meadows very firmly on my radar, and I love the fact that he's been leading off basically every day he's played. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So we'll keep track of these players uh, with what's left of spring training, uh, focused on the hitters here. We'll get to the pitchers at some point. But, Michael, I think we're really overdue here to talk about your Tout Wars team. You had your draft a little over a week ago. Uh, You and I talked about it a little bit offline. And certainly the headline, if one were to write a story, would be you getting Jacob deGrom with the 11th pick overall. Uh, you were happy, as would anybody be. Uh, but what's your overall impression of your team and your process uh, that you went through on draft day? I feel pretty good about it. Obviously, I wasn't expecting Jacob DeGrom at 11. I was assuming I was going to be picking from the uh, Christian Yelich, Freddie Freeman, Cody Bellinger group of hitters. That did not end up happening. Uh, so I really pivoted right there. I feel pretty good about where this team stands. Uh, Manny Machado in the second, Eloy Jimenez in the third, Starling Marte in the fourth, Nelson Cruz in the fifth, Yohan Moncada in the sixth, Sonny Gray seven, and Ian Anderson eight. I, I feel like that's pretty good balance. Um, a-, a tiny bit worried if I'm going to worry about something uh, – with that first group of guys would be OBP. This is an OBP league, not a batting average league. Um, but I, I feel like uh, things ended up going pretty well for me uh, with from the 11th slot. And, and so, yeah, I go into this, uh, I go into the season feeling pretty confident that this is going to be a solid competitive team. That's always a good feeling. <laughs> Start off with uh, with good vibes like that. But I want to go back to one of those early picks that you mentioned, Nelson Cruz in the fifth round. Uh, that's quite a bit ahead of his ADP. That was the 71st pick overall. He's on average in fantasy pros ADP going 90th. Uh, but I, you know, I do see the argument for reaching a bit on Cruz because perennially people are down on him. They think that this is the year where the wheels come off. They think, okay, I don't want to tie up my utility slot. So if I can ask you, uh, you know, to go back a week's time and think about what you were thinking when you picked him, was, was that kind of the process of, well, I don't have the doubts that maybe some of the other people in this league have, or, uh, or was that, that a, you know, a tricky pick to make for you? 
All right, so first of all, if the wheels were going to fall off, they would have fallen off by now. This is David Ortiz all over again, right? People wanted to keep saying he's 38. It's got to it's it's got to fall apart sometime, and then it doesn't. And then, well, he's 39. It's got to fall apart sometime, and then it doesn't. And then it was, well, now he's 40. That's an arbitrary line in the sand to draw, and then he had one of the best age 40 seasons in Major League Baseball history. Nelson Cruz is doing that too. I have no concerns about the wheels falling off. Um, the util only did give me a little bit of pause, but... Like I just said, OBP with my first three hitters, uh, Manny Machado, Eloy Jimenez, um, and uh, and Starling Marte, not necessarily the greatest trio of OBP guys. Nelson Cruz is going to be a big OBP guy. 397 last year, 392 the year before that. Uh, the guy takes his walks. That's just going to be there for him. So I have no concerns. He really, I felt like I needed an OBP anchor and that he can be that guy for me. The power is going to be there, and I think this team's going to hit for a ton of power with Machado, Eloy, Cruz, Moncada being uh, four of my first uh, few hitters. I just really like Nelson Cruz. And maybe I could have waited another round, but, you know, you got to go get the guys that you got to get. And I don't even know what I would have done. Like, uh, you know, Altuve, Austin Meadows, Javier Baez, Eugenio Suarez, Brandon Lowe, Anthony Rizzo. Those are the hitters who went in between me taking Cruz and me taking Moncada. I'm totally cool with getting Cruz and Moncada out of, you know, those eight hitters, those two being my guys. I feel very good about that. Whether it was Moncada first and Cruz second or the other way, don't really care. I like those guys, and I like this team. All right. Well, and let's wind up here with talking about your relievers because you took an approach that looks a lot like an approach I've taken in my draft so far, which is you got one, not elite, but but who should be a solid closer in Brad Hand in round 10, then coming back with Rafael Montero five rounds later, and then picking up a couple of really skilled relievers very late in Emilio Pagan and Reyes, uh, Reyes Maranta. Uh, so was that something that fit your, your blueprint or was this more just kind of a round by round thing that it, it evolved as the draft went by? This was one of the few things that went exactly according to pre-draft plan. I wanted to get exactly like you said, I wasn't going to spend up for Hader or, uh, Liam Hendricks or anyone like that, but I wanted a guy who I felt very comfortable in that was going to be the closer for his team and a good one. And I feel like I got that in Brad hand. That was really the, my first bucket of relievers who I was shopping in. I would throw, you know, maybe Kenley Jansen in that group, Ryan Presley, Kirby Yates. I felt very good about hand. Then Rafael uh, Montero brings me to a guy who I feel pretty comfortable is going to at least hold the job all season. And so that was the next group of guys who else could be in there. Uh, you know, maybe Alex Colomay, Jordan Hicks, Matt Barnes. Yeah, I could see that being that group of guys. I wanted one from that group. And then, like you said, two very high skilled relievers who I think at the very least are going to give me strikeouts and who are going to compete or uh, give me very good ratios. And then both of those guys, Emilio Pagan and Reyes Moronta, could very well become closers on their teams. Dennis Lynn, you and I did the Padres episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15, and Dennis Lynn thinks that if he's betting on one guy to be their closer, it's Emilio Pagan. And then you look at the Giants, uh, and I just think Reyes Moronta is the most talented reliever out there. I just don't see, if he pitches to his ceiling, I don't see Jake McGee keeping him from being the closer. So I think that I could eventually have four closers on this team, uh, guys who are going to get a lot of strikeouts, guys who are going to have good ratios. I felt really good about the way that I attacked the reliever position in this draft. Yeah, no, I think that's the way to go as well. So uh, yeah, that uh, Dennis Lynn uh, tip, definitely use that in a couple of drafts. I took, well. I, I took Jake Cronenworth <laughs> in this too because of him. Yeah, I yep. missed out on shortstops yep. early. I missed on a few of my shortstop targets, and then I was like, all right, well, Cronenworth it is. And I was happy to get him, <laughs> backed him up with Wander Franco. So uh, feeling pretty good about the uh, the, seal, the floor and ceiling of my shortstop position. 
And if you missed our Padres episode, go back and check that out because, yeah, lots of great stuff there. So uh, with that said, we're going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, you know that we love it when you take the time to do that. So we thank you in advance. And before we go, just be sure to check out Ding You presented by Bet MGM. It's our March Madness show. So listen on the Daily Ding podcast feed or watch the live stream on YouTube at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.